Turn with me, if you will, in the book of Romans, chapter number 5. For a little thought the Lord laid on my heart this morning. Romans chapter number 5, and let's read verse number 5. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 5. The Bible said, And hope maketh not ashamed, because, notice what it's saying now, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Let's read verse number 8. But God commendeth his love toward us that, notice this, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Brother Richard Good, do the honor. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, hear the cries. Amen. You may be seated. I thought it fitting this morning to preach a little bit on love. I thought about this morning and this past few weeks about how a lot of people try to show their love this time of the year in gifts. I thought about a lot of folks are buying a lot of things that they can't afford, giving to people they don't even like, and going in debt over their head, and that ain't love. I thought about this also that at this time of the year, we try to make up for being slack the rest of the year. We hadn't talked to them, we hadn't seen them, we hadn't come visited, hadn't loved on them, but we try to buy a gift that'll make up for all of that and use it for an excuse. You know I love you because look at the gift I gave you. We think that a lot, don't we? I know that a lot of times in our cases, we can't afford to buy what we really want to give them. And that's common. I mean, there are none of us millionaires in here. We, we can't go out and buy a $10,000 ring or a $10,000 necklace or something like that or maybe a new car and, and give to them. We could, but there'd be a payment book attached with it. But that's not the meaning of love. Really, it's not. We try to give our children gifts, and that's good. We should. But what about giving them our time? What about giving them our wisdom? What about giving them our prayers, our encouragement? They're discouraged enough in this world, I guarantee you. All you got to do is go outside your own house and you'll get discouraged. And a lot of times there's discouragement coming from inside the homes. We, we do more complaining and griping than we ever do bragging on them. I mean, we ought to brag on them. They might not be the best little brat in the world, but you ought to brag on them anyhow. Why? Because God brought you 
I guarantee you, you don't deserve bragging on, but God brags on you anyhow. He said, my little children, that's bragging. He considered you one of his. You're talking about love now. Let, let me explain something about love. Love is not the conception that you and I have, but it is what God has. God loves you whether you're good or not. Even though, as the song said, even though I made my bed in hell, he'll be there. Now think about that. He went to hell to retrieve the keys to death, hell, and the grave because he loved you. Now I don't know how to explain that other than he did that to give you eternal life. And eternal life, friend, sure beats the life that we have here. We're in preparation for eternal life. You're going to live forever somewhere. And what you do and what you decide here while we're here determines where you're going to spend eternity. Now let me make it plain this morning. You can come to church, sit on a pew, have your name on the roll. You can be baptized. You can sing in the choir. You can teach a Sunday school. You can preach in the pulpit. And you can still be lost and undone without God. And die and go to a devil's hell. Because works is not what it's all about. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't work your way into love. Anybody that's got grandchildren and great-grandchildren will understand what I'm fixing to say. I was so busy trying to provide for mine that I didn't have or take the time that I should have to hold them in my lap, hug them, and just kiss on them and love on them. I realized that when my grandchildren come along and I have to hug them more and kiss on them more and love them more and put self out of the way and begin to explain love in a different form. Then when the great-grandchildren come by, you're really amped up. You're getting it down pat then. You understand what love is. Love is not things that we can buy for them. Love is not things that we can give them. Love is holding them, caressing them, being there when they're crying, being there when they're scared, being there when they're weak and weary and don't understand, just letting them sit in your lap a lot of time. Now my grandchildren are grown. They still sit in my lap. Yeah, when they get distressed, they come and jump in Grandpa's lap. Why? Because they know that's where comfort is. They know that's where hope is. They know that they did that when they were young and I accepted it and I took the time to help them and learn them and teach them what true love is all about. True love is happens to be named Jesus. No greater love hath any man than he had laid down his life for a friend. That's what the Word of God says. So you take Jesus willingly gave his life for all of us. Every single one, whether you love him or you don't love him, he died for you. He died for you because true love, agape love, the love that Christ has says, whether you ever love me back, I'm going to give to you anyhow. Whether you ever mention me, I'm going to give to you anyhow. The trouble with our love is 
We love expecting something in return. We expect if we love, listen, buying them all the gifts they want for Christmas will never, ever, 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 ever. I need two to stand up and say ever, ever, ever the whole rest of the message. Ever, ever, ever repay or replace love. And it'll never ever make them be any better children. If you look at yourself and myself and what God has given us, and we didn't even love Him back, hey, how long was it before you got saved? Think about Beardy, 55 years. I was 32 year old when I got saved. Now think about that. 32 years, God loved me, gave to me. Every single breath that I took, God gave me. Every heartbeat I had, God gave me. Every child I had, God gave me. My wife, God gave me. My home, everything that I owned, He gave me. And I never loved Him back one ounce. Not one ounce. How do you know that? Well, listen, there's more to it than just saying, oh, I love God. There's a whole lot more to it than just standing up and say, Honey, I love you. Right? I want to tell all, especially the young folks in here, listen right quickly. One great piece of advice that I can give you, especially those that's not married yet. Marriage is never, ever, ever 50-50. Sometimes it's 99, sometimes it's 100% one-sided. Hello. Sometimes you have to give a lot and expect nothing. Am I telling the truth, married folk? And we should go into marriage expecting that. Sometimes I have to give everything within me expecting nothing in return. I I don't do it as much as I used to, but when I have to, I will. I go shopping with my wife. Any other man other than Richard like going shopping. I know Richard likes, you like going shopping, Frank. I just don't take a whip at me. But because I, you like to shop, there's something wrong with the name Richard. They're both Richards and they love going shopping. Do you love running the vacuum cleaner too? You don't mind it. Frank, they're trying to destroy my message. Let me put that it's not normal. I, I don't like shopping, but because I love my wife, I'll take her shopping. I'll sit in the car, or I'll go in and sit down in the mall and watch the critters. There's some critters out there anymore. But I thought about this. What all has God went through that he didn't want to go through, he didn't want to have a part of, he didn't want to be around, but he was around because he loved you. He went into the middle of it because he loved you. Now think about that this morning. That's love. When you're willing to do something 
that you really don't like, you don't have any part of, but you're willing to go because of that one has asked you. Now think about this. Who else could have died for you on the cross? Who else could have died for you on the cross of Calvary? There was no other substitute other than the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He was the only one that was able to die for us. He was the only one willing to die. He went willingly to the cross. He went because of a great love for you and I. He said, I'll go and do the cross you can't he said I'll go to hell and come back you can't because once you go to hell friend you're there there ain't no coming back but because he loved us he went to hell I don't know about you I don't even want to visit there hello I mean if I had a free pass in and out I still don't want to go there I mean if God allowed me one second in hell I still would not want to go there. Why? Because of the screams and the torment and just as sure as a world, I'd run into a family member face to face. Now you're talking about sorrow. Think about Jesus dying for you and I and people still going to hell anyhow simply because they do not love God enough to lay their self aside and accept Him into their life. They're willing to say I'm a Christian but they're not willing to change. Willing to go to church but they're not willing to live a Christian life. They're willing to stand up and sing but they're not willing to stand up and sing out. You understand what I just said? They'll go up there in the choir and sing what's in that hymn book but singing out comes from your heart. Singing out says there's something on the inside of me that's wanting to tell you about the love of a man called Jesus for you and I. That makes me want to sing out. Why? Because I realize what he done for me. I know he can do the same for you. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter number 8. Are you there? In verse number 28. Are you there? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Are you with me? Say amen. Verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword, as it is written, for thy sakes we are all, notice this, we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter, nay, in all things, these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why did you read that scripture, preacher? I want to say this and I want you to fully understand it. If you're out of the will of God and away from God, it's your fault, not nobody else's. Not no situations. The word was plain there. There's nothing 
that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing but ourselves. Ourselves is the only thing that can walk away from the will of God. You can't let husbands, wives, children, situations, things in this world, oh, I'm not going to church anymore, there's COVID. You can't let that happen. You can't let that happen. Oh, the election didn't go the way I wanted. I ain't going back to church. I prayed and it didn't happen. You can't let that happen either. The only thing that will separate you from the love of God is you. The only reason you weren't saved is you. It's not His love. It's not His mercy. It's not His power. And it's also not His will that any should perish but that the gift of God was given freely. I'm afraid to ask this, and I don't want to see no hands because you probably got my gift in the closet. You ever put a gift up and never open it? Because you figure out you know what it is or it wasn't worth opening to start with. And if the situation comes by, it's already wrapped, all I got to do is re-gift. Nobody does that, I know. I'm just giving you a situation where it might happen. So when occasion arises and you need a gift and you don't think much of them people know how and you don't think much of the situation and you run to the closet and you get that gift that you don't like to give to somebody else you don't care for. I'm going somewhere just to let that sink a second. Isn't it funny that sometimes when you open that gift or they open that gift in your presence, it's not what you thought. i never forget my mother wanted a ring. Daddy and Mama was poor. They didn't have a wedding ring when they got married and Mama wanted a wedding ring and somehow Daddy got enough money to get a wedding ring. Well, he knew that Mama would know it was a ring if it was in that little bitty box. So daddy took that little bitty box and put it inside of another box and put it inside of another box and inside of another box and inside. And all these boxes had rocks in them. That present must have weighed a hundred pounds. Mama's dragging, I can still see it in my mind. Mama's dragging that thing out. It's heavy. This is mama's thought. Well, it's some kind of crock pot. Some kind of cooker. That was Mama. She opened that box, and in there was that box and all them rocks. And I can still hear her voice saying, Russell, because the box that was inside that box was still big enough to hold a crock pot. She opens that box, there's more rocks, and there's another box. Well, to make a long story short, about the eighth or ninth box, Mama's done got mad. She said, you didn't buy me nothing. You just made a joke out of this, didn't you? And she threw the box over to the side. She's done. She ain't opening no more boxes because all she's got so far is wrapping paper and boxes and rocks. She's mad enough to kill Slim. He said, Betty Lee, you might order to go all the way. Mama grabbed the box up ripped it open, dumped the rocks out, throwed the box down. He said, are you not going to look at the last box? So she jerks the box open, 
rips that thing open, the ring flies up in the air, and there's mama's big eyes. He said, sometimes you ought to be willing to go all the way, Betty Lee. So I thought about that this morning as I was preparing this message, and I thought about how many folks go to church as long as the preaching's good and the singing's good and they stay at church. Then when they get down to where the rocks are, they ain't liking it too well. They see a box there, so they're willing to stay another week or two and they open another box or two. And all they're getting so far is wrapping paper boxes and rocks. They're not willing to endure to the end, as the Word of God said. For if you endure to the end, the same shall be saved, it said. Endurance means that you have to keep opening the boxes even though they have rocks. Paul said it this way. He said, I am persuaded. Now I'm asking you, are you persuaded? Paul said, I am persuaded that he, Jesus Christ, is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. The trouble of it is a lot of us are committing with what somebody else has done, what somebody else has said, but we're not really committed ourselves. That's the reason marriages last till the water got hot. Right? They had a heat cycle, not a marriage cycle. Right? They had lust, not love. And the first time they opened the box and there was the rocks, they left. Beardy said it pretty well this morning. He's opened a lot of boxes with rocks and Tammy throwed them at him. And she probably should have. Right? All of us have sinned and come to the glory of God. There's not a person in here that has not sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a soul in here that was born saved. We were all born lost, undone without God. You must be reborn, rebirthed, renewed, rekindled. And that's a choice we have to make. You willing to go all the way to get the prize? How many is stopped that you know of one box too short? Just one box too short. They're out of the will of God. They're out of the hope of eternal life because turned their back on. Listen, circumstances didn't do it. Let me ask you a question and you think about it just a second. How can you take prayer out of school? You can tell me not to pray, but you can't hear my thoughts. I can enter my closet with my eyes wide open, and I can pray. I can look you right in the face and grin like a possum and pray and pray. And pray. So because they said we're taking prayer out of school, it's kind of like when COVID hit. Don't go to church, okay? Little church I visited in South Carolina down there, York, South Carolina. Brother Richard Cole preached, and me and Brother Terry went down there to hear him. They never shut the doors and they never stopped services. And I thought to myself, 
Why did all the churches jump on the bandwagon so easy? Is that all they got to do is say, don't go to church and you don't go? Don't pray and you quit praying altogether? Is God's love that easy to forget? Boy, you'd have never made it through. ask you a question. How many millions died to give you the opportunity to sit in church today? How many has died willingly? Now, I'm fixing to say something and don't get tore out of frame over it. DAV should never exist. Our veterans should never have to want for nothing that got wounded. But you see them veterans come out there with no legs and no arms and they say, I'd do it again. I'm willing to do it again. We can't even sit in church. Both arms, both legs, both eyes, hearing good, body good. Yeah, we might have a sniffle and an ache and a pain, but we're not even willing to sit in church and say, I'm willing to do it again. What kind of love do we have? We have a conditional love. We only love when we're loved. We only love when it's given back to us. We only love when it's beneficial to us. Uh Uh-oh. Romans chapter number 12, and I'm trying to hurry. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10, the Bible said, Be kindly, affectionate one to another, with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Are you with me? Say amen. I've got two brothers, one older, one younger. We fought like cats and dogs growing up. I busted their mouth, they busted mine. But they never ever stopped being my brother. I'd fight and die for either one of them. Are you with me? Romans chapter 13, verse number 8. Stay with me, I'm trying to close. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for that love no, that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Are you with me? Say amen. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this, saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Are you with me? Say amen. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And who is love? He is a fulfillment of the law. Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 30. The Bible said, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Are you with me? Say amen. 
that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. Do we have the same spirit this morning? Did you come expecting God to do something this morning? See, that's why I come to church. I know God is going to do something that I can't do. I know God is going to speak to hearts. Now listen to me carefully. I'm closing. I know God is going to speak to hearts even if I'm not able to put it in words the way it should be because of the Spirit. See, when I speak the Word of God that's written down, then the Spirit of God does the rest. I don't have enough words in my vocabulary to present it as eloquent as I should. I, I, it's just not possible that any of us could actually put into those words what the Holy Spirit can do. So we come in love, expecting God, and we're praying together that God will, and we're attentive to the Holy Spirit that God can. Now, let me help you this morning. If you came in here with a haughty spirit, not willing that God should speak to you and use you and love you, then you have hindered the service. Because the Holy Spirit's easily offended. And if He came to your pew and He tried to hug you up and love you and caress you and bless you and you stubbed up on Him. Listen, there's, let me give you some ways you stub up. Number one, the Holy Spirit is calling you to come to an altar of prayer and you refuse. Number two, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, raise your hand in worship, and you don't do it. Number three, the Holy Spirit said you ought to testify, and you don't do it. Number four, when you stand up, you ought to come in prayer and tears. Because tears is a language God understands. And if God can't get to your heart to bring enough tears out, friend, you probably stubbed up on God. Beardy was telling me about a little girl down there. He was playing Santa Claus. Put her head on his shoulder and her arm around his neck. That is all I could do to keep him squalling. When God hugs you up, does it make you want to cry? Or does it make you mad? You know when I was lost and the Holy Spirit come to my pew said, Hey, you're lost. You need to get saved. I'd grab that pew and I'd get plumb mad. I'm not going down there. I ain't bound in front of them folks. I'm as good as anybody in there. Make me mad. But one day the Holy Spirit come to me in such a loving manner. You know it's hard to fight against love, ain't it? When somebody's hugging and kissing on it's hard to be mad at them. It's hard not to break down. Grandpa's, Grandma, come on now. When them babies come loving on you, all you do is reach and give them the whole wallet. 
You think your heavenly father don't do the same thing when you allow him to love on you and you begin to love him back. And loving him back means that when he speaks to your heart, you're willing to respond. So many folks leave the house of God without the love of God. This is a good season to realize the greatest gift that was ever put on this earth came wrapped in swaddling clothes and was laying in a manger. Now I want to say this to everybody that don't know it. The manger we depict with wood was not the manger. It was hewed out of a rock. So he was laid in a rock in a rock cave and he died and went back to the rock and he arose out of the rock. So the greatest food that ever come to mankind, the greatest love that ever came to mankind came in a hewed out rock. What about you this morning? How much do you really say you love God? Do you love Him enough to come to an altar and say, God, I feel your love this morning. I want to repent of my sins. Sister Dorita, come see if you can play something softly, honey. It may not be in tune good, but just play something soft. Let's all stand, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. In reverence to the Holy Spirit of God in this place this morning. In Revelations chapter 2, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, in verse number 4 it says, Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Have you ever been saved? Have you ever been saved? Have you walked away a guilty distance from that love? Do you know that God knows your heart this morning? God knows that you're here, but do you love him? He says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 19, the Bible said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Some are making their way this morning. What about you? What about you this morning? Do you love God enough to say, God, I've heard your voice, I'm coming. God, I felt your presence. I'm coming. I'm willing to bow down before you this morning and say, Lord, I love you. And I know you love me. Would you come? God, I may have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but I love you, Lord. I acknowledge my sins this morning. I acknowledge I've come short. But I want you to know, God, I love you this morning. Enough to that I've heard your voice. And I've come repenting. I want to pray for my preacher, my church, my church family. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of the family of God here. 
that, Lord, we'd be in unity together. We'd walk together, strive together for the goal and purpose of winning another soul unto Jesus. Lord, let me never be a hindrance, but a help. Let me realize, Lord, I'm not perfect. I know I've sinned. I know I've come short. God, I come to you this morning. Honestly, earnestly. And say, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for a love I didn't deserve, Father. Thank you, God, that you loved me when I was unlovable. Lord, that you cared for me when I didn't even seem to care for you. Thank you, Father, for being there. Thank you for your love. Thank you for Son Jesus. Thank you for the blood of redemption. Thank you, Lord, that I can stand to say I am a Christian. I'm not perfect. I've sinned and come short, and I know that. But, God, I'm still a Christian. God, I still love you. I thank you that you give me opportunity to be in the house of God today. Lord, that I could come and worship and praise you. Praise you in the Spirit of God. What's within me, Lord, let you see this morning. God, if there's anything I need to lay aside, let me do that. That it be pleasing to you. Touch this place. Touch this ground. Let it be holy to thy name. A place of refuge from the storm for those that are weak and weary in the fight. God, help us all. Help us all to realize, Father, we need you more than you need us. So your blessings this time of the year, Father, let our love prove it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.